I used to want to save the world, this beautiful place. But the closer you get, the more you see the great darkness simmering within. I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood. Join us as we journey back through a childhood favorite series. And see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids. Yes! That was so fun. That was so good. I started to lose breath. I forgot to breathe like halfway through. I was like, wait, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass out. (laughs) It felt very emotional. I was excited to see what was coming next. I agree. All right, folks, welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. This week, we're kind of talking about Percy Jackson in a convoluted way. We're talking about Wonder Woman. Yay! Uh, Close the, enough. The Close. Tw- 2017 movie by uh, written by Alan Heinberg. I don't remember who directed it. Patty Jack Jenkins. Was- Patty, J- Patty Jenkins, was of course. I, d- I don't know why I couldn't pull that so fast, but... I had the script in front of me, so that's why I knew Helen Heinberg. But yes, and we are joined by two very special guests this week. You know them, you love them. They've been here before. We have Erica Woo-hoo. from Seaweed Brain and, and Fran from the Best Damn Camp. Hello. Do you want to just take a second to remind our listeners who you are? Erica, do you want to go first? Y'all know me. I'm always here. (laughs) (laughs) Co-host of Seaweed Brain. Um, Happy to talk about movies with the Return to Camp Half-Blood children who feel like children to me because I am old and graduating college. Great. Fran? (laughs) Not a significant difference. (laughs) I'm so old. I was going to say, I think I'm older than all of you guys, so you can go away with that. (laughs) I am a quarter of a century. Like that's oh, why did I say it like that? That's the most depressing thing I think I've ever said. That you life. did you did make it sound like in quarter of a century makes it sound insanely old for some reason. It really does. No, it's not. <laughs> no, oh my god. Okay, let's just move on. So if people are listening, I'm clearly British. I am one of the few British uh post-jection podcasters. No longer I, the only. No, no longer, longer the only. Thank you, Owen. I love you so much. Thank you for saving me from all the Americans in our Discord server. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys were all talking about the musical, and then there's me over here just like it doesn't exist in this country. All of you got to see it, and I just have to bootleg it. Um but uh, yeah, so <laughs> I run my own uh, Percy Jackson podcast, The Best Damn Camp, and I am well known for making most of the Percy Jackson fandom hate me to oblivion for um, being overly, overly critical about everything and anything. <laughs> but we love you for it. We love it so much. <laughs> Some people hate okay. you for it, but we love you for it. Yeah. <laughs> my biggest support is thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, In the great tradition of us torturing our guests, Erica has been roped into summarizing. Stop, I'm making bullet points right now. (laughs) Okay, uh, I'll stall. Um, No, I got this. I got this. Let's just freaking do it. All right. Sounds good. Let me pull up the timer. You have a minute instead of 30 seconds because it's a whole movie and not two chapters of a book, which is not actually enough time. 
we know this from our past movie episodes that a minute isn't enough time and it. that's why we're gonna give it to you <laughs> all right three two one go Okay, we open on Diana. She's on the mascara. She's with the Amazons, but she's not an Amazon. Very important. She, Chris Pine shows up from World War One. She leaves the island with Chris Pine. They're both super hot. They're both super hot in World War One. Diana's walking around, born sexy yesterday. Something's going on. Is she a goddess? Maybe is she a, is she the weapon? They go and they fight World War One. Diana wins, and Chris Pine dies. You still have forty seconds left. That's the whole movie. <laughs> to defeat Ares. Diana's oh. a goddess. That was pretty good. That was very good. That was sick. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> you really had a whole half of it left, but you got it. I've been doing, I've been training. I've been, I've been doing sprints, um, sprint summaries <laughs> since my last failure on this podcast. So I could come back and redeem myself. It was a great redemption arc. Honorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. To start off, I have a couple of questions. First question is, so we watched Wonder Woman, but what is our favorite superhero movie? I haven't seen enough. I can't accurately say, I don't think. That's fair. That's a pry. That's a huge question. It is. I, I did not prep anyone on this question. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like I shouldn't have had an answer straight away. I was just immediately just like, yeah, no, birds of prey. <laughs> birds ah. of prey. If, My staffic ass enjoyed every second of women kicking men's asses. And Fran has a huge afraid. ass Gal Gadot poster literally oh, on yeah. the wall behind her, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I actually forgot that. For the record. <laughs> I could have brought that up, yeah. It's yeah. funny because I, I also, you have your giant Wonder Woman poster and I have my giant Birds of Prey poster. <laughs> Margot Robbie is, is always watching over me while I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> as she should be honestly my god that's so that's such a big question i i just this morning i watched like a series of eight tiktoks this random girl did or this random person did who um was like i'm gonna rank every like whatever 35 marvel movie and did you have you seen this also I, I just watched all of them i watched all of them this morning they were like i'm gonna rank every one of the 30 what is it 32 marvel movies in order of how horny they make me yeah <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and I did agree with her top three with uh, with their top three. I'm pretty sure this person uses the pronouns. I didn't follow them, unfortunately, on TikTok. The content was not enough for me. But um, I, I I did agree with their top three choices. I feel like Thor Ragnarok is so hard to beat. It's almost impossible to beat. Yeah, my mine are definitely. I don't know if I can choose between Thor Ragnarok and Birds of Prey. Because I love them so much, but for very different reasons. Yeah, the Ragnarok has a lot of male energy, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But it does have a lot of bisexual energy, too. Yes. So. <laughs> Correct. Um, what's his name? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. J- j- one moment, one uh, moment, one moment. Don't. Oh, Jeff, Goldblum. Okay. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff <laughs> Goldblum. Any movie with Jeff Goldblum in it is enough for me. So. I agree with Ava. I've not seen enough. Like watching that movie last night was the first time I've ever seen that movie. I had in seen my life. that one before, but it's just <laughs> other ones that I haven't seen. So I just can't accurately. I started watching WandaVision and I was like, do I have to watch all the other movies? And it was just too much. I think 
especially Marvel is just like, I'm too afraid to ask at this point. And like, <laughs> I can't catch up. So I just didn't bother. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think I can make a, a good judgment on that. I feel like if you want some like pre-WandaVision context, you can just go back, skim Avengers Days of Ultron, and then watch <laughs> the last two, like watch like Infinity War and Endgame. And then you're pretty much primed for what happens in <laughs> WandaVision. WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> I'd also just watch a summary video of Age of Ultron because it's not worth putting yourself through that because that film is Unless you want to be angry for about two hours. I know yeah. everyone, I know that it's like common knowledge that Avengers Age of Ultron is garbage, but I actually really enjoy the final fight scene where- Oh, the fight scene's amazing. Like, it's very, it gives me all of the last Olympian energy attacking Manhattan. And I, I don't know, I, I kind of, sometimes I go back and I watch that scene just on YouTube clips. Actually, no, I, to be fair, I do like a lot of Age of Ultron. I just- get angry at Tony Stark all the time and that's yeah that's a, that's a hating Tony Stark movie so it's actually yeah. kind of fun for that <laughs> me it's a more uh Joss Whedon is the worst human in existence at this current point in time so I can't enjoy it at any level because oh, his yes. grubby little paws are all over it right I no, can't no. even really enjoy Buffy anymore yeah which is sad yeah I was a big Buffy yeah, fan yeah. like or, uh, same with Angel Oh, and, and, yeah, Angel too. Angel, I, I watched more because it was it aired here, like when I was able to watch it, like in the UK. And now I can't enjoy it because I know all the sad story about it. Yeah. Mainly because I seek out that information, but also it was well common knowledge after a while. <laughs> yes. All right. So tying us back to Greek mythology. How do we think? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. But sometimes sometimes <laughs> the brain stops for a minute. I understand. But anyways, to tie it back to Greek mythology, what do we think about the the Greek myth backstory that is is set up in Wonder Woman? Just to go over it quickly for our, our viewers, essentially the backstory is told there Ares doesn't like the humans. He starts a war. All the gods try to stop him, and Ares kills all the other gods besides Zeus. And then Zeus just, like, can't kill Ares, but just, like, banishes him and then makes Diana to kill him, like, thousands of years later. And the Amazons just, like, kind of assume Ares is dead. And the Amazons are also, like, supposed to be protectors of the world. But they're also... But not. But But then the men attack them and then they isolate themselves. Yeah... So what do we think of that? Mm. I just don't get how (laughs) Zeus could kill everyone except for Ares. Because, hmm, you know, like, I think I I think Zeus would theoretically have the power to do that. Like, is this sort of like a like a altered myth background moment where Ares has equal power to Zeus or like it just doesn't feel right. I don't know. Mm. It, yeah it doesn't feel right also watching it like just like first experience to it i was like "Ooh, zeus is really a good guy in this interpretation red flag. Yeah. Red flag, i feel like flag. we talked so much about how awful zeus is on this podcast and That's then it was just completely around her like yeah. zeus is the almighty good person in this movie 
when they're establishing the myth at the start of this film and they're like, and when the Amazons were attacked by human men, the gods and Zeus defended them and protected them. I was like, no, they didn't. Are you kidding me? They absolutely did not. They would never do that. Zeus would never protect a woman. He's never heard of a woman before. Um, <laughs> and frankly, like all of my hatred for DC, I feel like can be boiled down into the fact that they tried to make Zeus a good person. That's like such a red flag. I totally agree. Like all the like misogyny of this franchise is like boiled into that. Yeah. Uh, also, I will plug that Seaweed Brain did an extreme deep dive into <laughs> the mythology of the Amazons as it relates to Wonder Woman like a, like a month ago. Um, so if you want some info from our um, history major friend, uh, <laughs> Quinn, you can, you can go and listen to that. Um, and I can also regurgitate whatever of that is useful that I learned from her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I do have to say, I did listen to that episode and it was very interesting. So you can um, also regurgitate the information. <laughs> <quick. laughs> yes. uh, but yeah, I think it's really interesting how they Christianized this Greek mythology for the superhero movie. Yes, yes, that's a <laughs> great way of putting yeah, it. Because they really did that. We, we get this Zeus. Actually, the more I think about it, the more Christianized it is. Yeah. We have Zeus and Ares. Zeus is never shown Zeus is referred to as an omnipotent idea. We never get a visual of Zeus. The rest of the gods are destroyed by Ares, who is turning against the gods and then is banished from Olympus. Uh, we get and a then, shot of that, don't we? We get a shot get of a Ares. Shot. Yeah. Yes. So very where, literal. <laughs> where it's like Remus Lupin's head on like the body of like some like Jack's model, who is Please clearly no. not him. Um, but then, and then Zeus sends his child to the humans to save them from sin. Yeah, that's, thank you for saying that. They really took Greek mythology and they said, now it's a monotheistic religion and Zeus is daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Zeus is sky daddy. Unconscionable of them to sky daddy Zeus like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Deeply disconcerting. I would also say, like, on top of just, like, the weirdness of it, like, I just don't think that DC movies do a good job of establishing more. I feel like they are very inaccessible in general. It, like, the Marvel, that what makes the MCU so great is that you don't have to have any knowledge of comics or anything like that to know what's going on. And I feel like DC purposefully loves to, like, keep you in the dark or they just don't write very clear scripts that establish what the heck is going on i just feel like it doesn't make a lot of sense i don't know what's going on with diana's um bracelets of submission they just happen yeah. to exist so weird. you know it's all it's all it's i just don't love that for them it's just <laughs> it feels wild. Very i have to agree their it audience does. is so clearly people who read comics and marvels yeah. isn't and yeah. yet at That's the same true. time they say fuck the people who read comics and don't adhere to them. That's why I love Birds of Prey and I stand by that that was a good movie. But it got bad reception from Marvel's fan base, which is people who read the comics because it had nothing to do with the comics. You can't have it both ways, DC. <laughs> I also, yeah. I've never read a Wonder Woman comic, so I don't know how accurate this is. Um, I have, mainly just because I was at Comic-Con and I saw them and I was like, ah, pretty. And then bought them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I still have them actually. Um, but um Zeus 
They're not Zeus. Um, Ares does play an antagonist in the comic books, specifically, what is the name of this particular series? They have different, like, evolutions of the comics. And this one was a specific one, but I can't actually remember what it is. I don't remember exactly where the comics are to double check. But he does play... um, like a sort of the big bad in some of the uh, series within it. So that part is at least accurate. I just didn't like Ares in this film because Ares made the Amazons in mythology. He helped create them, but now he hates them and wants to kill them all. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> they, they are your, you, this, yes, you make. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Oh, so true. <laughs> I love how I'm so glad you guys brains... understood what I meant. I don't know. I know. What I meant. All of her brains are like at 30% right now. <laughs> I can true. just feel it. No, it's so it's true. It's been a long day. Yeah. Just, just words. They <laughs> half. Yes. Yes. Very yes. much that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, that was just something I did. I was confused by was the fact that. I got Ares being the villain because he does usually end up being the villain in some form in Greek mythology retellings and like modern day stuff. But the fact that he was the creator and he was like a patron in a sense of the Amazons not being part of it, I always thought was weird because like they are, they're warriors, they are fighters and he is the god of war. Like that that should be a thing. Yes. I'm so glad you understood what I was like. Just clap my hands together and hopefully I'll think of the word I need here. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just, especially considering the Zeus story element of Hippolyta and him having a child together is also true. And like she's made out of clay and stuff like that. And he brings his life with a lightning bolt and stuff like that. So that is part of mythology also. So that kind of made sense. But then the other stuff was like, okay, so you took some and then you were like, but we're going to redo the rest just because we can. And I'm like, but should you have? No, because it's terrible. Make it make sense, please. I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I agree. Preach, you know. Uh, I We're going to... Neve has to tap out of our episode halfway through. So that's why I'm going to jump to the end of the movie to talk about something very important for Neve. Which is, Neve did not know that Steve Trevor was going to die. Okay, listen. Yes, I did. A little bit. Because, like, as soon as he, like, start, I was like, all right, this man is very, like, he's going to be evil or he's going to die. Just because I know how movies work. Um, So I kind of knew something bad was going to happen. But I didn't know if it was going to be, like, he was evil or if he was going to die. Anyways, continue with your question. I was going to say, I, I, I've, I've never seen someone be more betrayed by a movie, viscerally, than be- you were by because, Okay, listen, I don't want to, like, out myself as a terrible person here because I said this last night, and I, it's kind of embarrassing, but movies, particularly movies, stress me out. So normally when I'm watching a movie, I will Google the plot. <laughs> I will no, open my phone and google the plot and spoil it for myself because it stresses me out to a new degree and then I had these two holding me accountable watching this movie so I was like oh god I really wish I wasn't right it was so funny she kept being like you guys suck, you suck. 
It was so upsetting because you guys kept stringing me along. You were like, maybe he won't die. Maybe okay, I did not him. remember. I mean, I, I wasn't going to spoil it. I don't remember it. movies. I mean, he comes back to life in the next movie. So did he really I did die? hear that. Dumbest yeah. thing. Why did they do that? I was so annoyed. I hope they brought him back to be a villain. That would have been amazing if he was the villain in Wonder Woman 1984. Like, you know, the, the Dr. Poison sort of situation, yeah. he blows up with it. What if he becomes a literal Dr. Poison? His body is made of poison, so she has to kill him for him to be destroyed so he can go in peace. That would have been a better movie than what we got. That would have been Super such a villain origin movie. story. It's like amazing. Exactly. Why am I so angry about this? I don't know, but go off. Take that was so good. <laughs> oh, they, they set up the romance so well it is one of the best parts of this movie is how functional the romance is how, yeah, it was really well how it's very it's not forced it's very natural and it's very it feels very equal to me yeah she's so into him like <laughs> like the like she gives the i'm gonna fuck you eyes to him the whole time the, whole the entire time. movie I love when she had that like super like clandestine conversation about the female orgasm in like their first like full conversation. It's my favorite. She's like now scene we know what's up. I've read a book. <laughs> I'm like, what kind Sorry. of book are you reading, Diana? <laughs> I I mm, oh is should we talk about the romance more later or do you want to talk about that now? Are you were you leading into something? We're so we're gonna take a quick break and then we will talk about the romance. <laughs> Great. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, the pandemic has had a tremendous impact on sleep, insomnia, and anxiety. If you're suffering from sleep issues like half of the world is, our sponsor, Real Sleep, has developed the world's first personalized sleep solution customized to you. Unlike prescription and over-the-counter sleep aids, their plant-based formula works with your body to get you to sleep faster, help you sleep deeper, and cut down on sleep disturbances. I know that I have terrible insomnia and trouble sleeping. I've definitely talked about this on the podcast. I go to bed regularly at 4 a.m., but real sleep helps. While sleep is solitary, you are not alone, and real sleep is here to help. That's why we're teaming up with Real Sleep to give you 20% off your next purchase. So go to the link in our show notes and use the code POD, P-O-D, to see why real sleep is the last sleep product you'll ever need. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're back from our break. And we're going to talk about the romance elements a lot more. 
Erica, you seem dumb. Okay, so here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) My opinion is that they were geniuses to cast Chris Pine because Chris Pine. (laughs) Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chris Pine is incredibly attractive. Period. As he says himself multiple times in this movie, not once, but at least twice, I am an above average man. <laughs> Those are some of my favorite parts of the movie when Chris Pine just says, no, I'm not normal. I'm, I'm, above, I'm a really hot um, <laughs> and a good person. And he's also just really, really likable. So obviously the big danger with this movie is that she is like, Diana's like born sexy yesterday being shown around the world by this like, man and that can be really unlikable really quickly but the fact that it's not i think speaks volumes to just how likable chris pine is and how like equal the footing equal of a footing they both are um on in my opinion i know that not everybody interpreted the movie that way but in my opinion diana was fully in control the entire time she's super into him he's super into her they they fight the war first before they let their feelings get in the way of anything but they are giving each other eyes the whole time and chris pine is somebody who is actually worthy of gal gadot's beauty and so for me it works because they're both absurdly hot and we all appreciate watching them gallivant around a screen for two and a half hours it makes my life better i just have to retweet all of that like (laughs) that's also true I, i think the reason it comes across well is it's not the script the script isn't what's supporting it uh i do love alan heinberg i think he actually did a pretty good job he's the one who came up with the like Disney princess framing of of Wonder Woman, which I think actually kind of worked in a way to like it, it made it made her character more understandable. Like there are direct shots that are pulled from uh, the Little, Little Mermaid. Mermaid. Um, ah, and that was very Disney princess. So uh, <laughs> I love that scene when she pulls them out of the water yes. and they're on the shore. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was very smart, but. I don't think his script is what supports the relationship working well. I think it is very much Patty Jenkins' direction. I think there you can tell that there's a woman behind the camera and not a man behind the camera with the way that the male gaze is less present in this movie. It's still present because there are a lot of male producers and writers on this movie. But having a female director clearly helps because... Wonder Woman can still be in a skimpy costume and it be less sexualized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree that I agree that the whole movie feels as though it's coming from it feels as though it's coming from Diana's perspective. So even in the scenes like when she's um what is it? Is, is she at par- it's not parliament. I don't know what it is. It's like the war council or whatever. Yeah. We were trying to figure out British um Oh, we have an expert maybe in British politics, like more than us, not necessarily an expert, but. Um. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. No, I really do not know much. That is right. fair. Yeah, yeah, that's really fair. We were really trying to figure out what Aries, who he actually was. Like, was he the prime minister? Was general he a general? I think he's a general. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, my one of my favorite lines. This movie has a lot of good one-liners, I have to say. One of my favorite one-liners is when they show up in London and she's like, the city is ugly as fuck. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and he's like, well, it's not for everybody. <laughs> With his dreamy eyes. Yeah, his eyes are insane. 
great. We're doing well. I think that that scene um, when she shows up and she starts yelling at all of the men um, and saying, like, you are cowards and stuff like that. And Steve is shushing her and the men are like, what's going on? That scene has the, like potential to feel really disgusting and dirty and like he's like Diana 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 and like while she's like yelling at them but I feel so much that I'm like coming at it from her perspective even just the way that it's framed that I that it doesn't bother me that I'm like no Diana's right um and she's so unselfconscious with which is like so freeing like the fact that she is so unselfconscious and she is doing her job she doesn't like she she feels the frustration of the of their gaze but she doesn't like I don't know. It doesn't overwhelm her because she just knows that she's more powerful than them. And that's like so cathartic. I feel like to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to have a character who lacks the same socialization as the other characters. Yeah. Because for, for a a movie about empowering women, there's not many in this movie. Um, but like the ones that we do see, which are um, Aunt Hilda from uh, <laughs> uh, Jillian Sabrina. Adventures of Sabrina and uh, Dr. Poison, uh, you can see them socialized as women in the world. And then the women that are the Amazons are socialized completely differently because they haven't experienced men in thousands of years. And I think it's very hard to write to that, but I think it's important for the Wonder Woman story and I think it was done well. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't know if people agree that it was done well, but I think it was. Yeah, I think that Diana's like, a lot of people hated Gal Gadot's acting in this movie and I actually like have always disagreed with that. I think she's really, really good in this movie. And I think that it's her, um, It's her being, like, new to acting (laughs) that makes that, like, new to America, new to the outside world thing work really well because she's new and everything is interesting to her, but she also knows that she's superior to everything and it's just excellent. It is chef's kiss. Um, We love to see it (laughs) because she comes from a matriarchy and she knows that women are more powerful. She's never had to know otherwise. She is enlightened, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) What do we think of Aries? In the movie or in general? <laughs> I suppose both. More in the movie, but like also how that relates to, to our feelings of Aries in general. It's interesting because I think he always kind of gets the short end of the stick. And like I realize that he is the literal god of war. However, I think that he's always kind of thrown under the bus by like the other gods and and, like he's always kind of like the villain when in reality like Zeus is genuinely awful and Zeus is never like the villain or anything they take I think a lot of sort of production uh like teams kind of take the easy way out in terms of like "Mm, we'll just have Ares do it makes sense and I'm like Ares realistically didn't do a lot of awful things like Zeus I would say did the majority of like the terrible things that we talk about on this podcast you know so I think it's really interesting that Ares is always the one who like does the bad stuff and that's what kind of makes me feel bad for him not really 
but it kind of just makes me a little mad, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, you could really like, I don't know, like you can make points, you know, paralleling current, you know, societal problems if you talked about how Zeus is fucked up, you know, but we're just going to go with this God of War is violent thing again, you know? Yeah, I think that's a huge problem in a lot of media portraying Greek mythology. It's really easy to, it's a very Western idea that I think is like war is bad because war is bad. But the things that the other gods represent are the things that lead to wars happening. Ares doesn't cause the Trojan War. Aphrodite, Athena, and Hera do. Thank you. <laughs> Which is also a little problematic, that whole thing. But, um... <laughs> yeah, but, like, a lot of people think it... Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a lot of feelings about the Trojan War. <laughs> but it's just... Yeah. It's just often, like, Ares doesn't cause the problems he just symbolizes the badness that is happening like he is the symbol of the destruction and carnage and the brutality of war but he isn't the reason wars happen which he's is not, he's not the god of manifest destiny and colonization exactly. like that would be zeus himself literally yeah i get that Honestly, that's, I think, why I have some problems with Athena more, <laughs> is that mm. she, as the goddess of battle strategy, is also kind of the goddess of, like, a lot of the other bad things about war. Yeah. Just in, like, war is not just bad because it's brutal. War is, the reasons why wars happen are also awful. <laughs> yeah. Athena Athena's a rough goddess in general that because of the fact that she was literally, like, established in Greek culture to be like the ideal woman she is completely sexless she wasn't even born out of like a consummated relationship she has she is um powerful and beautiful but has no emotions and is um simply here to serve her daddy her sky daddy zeus literally um and it's really rough (laughs) yeah athena back in the day was is not how we conceptualize her now um at all which is interesting. Yeah. But. She, she's very much an aspect of Zeus. Yeah. And she, yeah. She, yeah, she is a symbol of Zeus's wisdom. And that's, that's very, it's very real. strange. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love Ares in this movie just because I can't get over Remus Lupin's head CGI'd onto someone Literally. else's body. Me fucking me, though. <laughs> it's absurd. It's, I think I like Ares up until the battle. Well, okay, I don't like, I never like Ares' motivation. Ares doesn't have good motivation, which is, I like Diana's arc. I like a lot about this movie. Ares has no real motivation to be a villain. And so he's a very weak villain. I agree. And, but I like him while he's in the background and like pulling strings kind of like a Moriarty type. Mm. And then they start having their big boss battle. And it's like, okay. I'm, I'm just, like, waiting for the, the Chris Pine scenes in that battle because I don't care about their fight. Totally. I love a good fight. Like, I love a good fight choreography moment. However, it just felt long. And, like, what led up to it on his side? Like, literally nothing. Like, we see, like, her motivation to kill Ares very obviously from the beginning of the movie. But for him, it's like, why is he doing it other than def- to defend himself, you know? 
Yeah, I think the villains in general in this movie are extremely, like, one-dimensional, like, which makes it hard to feel, like, the stakes of the story. Like, Dr. Poison uh, is so, like, she goes, this poison will be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Who says that? Who on earth? How am I supposed to feel you as, like, a realistic, compelling villain? Um, Again, I'm just here for the hot people. Yeah, that's very real. Not here for the plot. <laughs> Aren't we all just here for the This hot- movie laughs in the face of the bisexual community. It is so <laughs> Listen, the moment where they're doing the costume month the like the um what do you call it like the shopping montage, the trying yes. on new outfits, and Galgado comes out in the sexy and andro- like nearly androgynous like masculine fit with the hat and Chris Pine looks at her I was like that's a bisexual disaster Chris Pine looking at Gal Gadot feeling confused feeling down bad and confused at Gal Gadot in this outfit and he's like we have to go you made her look more distracting yeah literally it's true I think I Something interesting to think about is Wonder Woman across the other DC movies as well. Um, because I've she's one of those characters that is rare in our day of um, of cinematic universes that is a different character in every movie she's in. Mm. Except for maybe Thor, she is the wildly inconsistent. But like, what what do we think of this portrayal of her versus the other ones? Do we have a favorite? I have not seen Batman versus Superman. No, Me neither. Nor do I ever I intend to in. watch it. But I have heard that she is a wildly different character in that movie. Mm. Um, that's just poor planning. There's no excuse for that. That is poor planning. Um, if you cannot make the character the same in all the movies, it's poor planning. Yeah, I mean the yeah the whole structure of, of DC uh, film is uncontrollable. Yeah, um, I just I don't like her in 1984. I haven't seen. They really yet. ruin her. Are you guys gonna watch it at some point? I think we should. I think we should. <laughs> I think we should. Maybe Son of Neptune is when we watch it because then we have a little. Oh, interesting. Um, you know. We'll figure it out. That's that's a little far from now, but mm-hmm. I we're, we will watch it at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's disappointing after watching watching this movie again. Maybe not like that movie more, just because mostly Diana's not in it. Mm. <laughs> um, which is what's the movie for? <laughs> exactly. Then what's the movie for? She's very much the subplot of her own movie. I hate that. Yeah. And I respect what Patty Drake Jenkins was trying to do. And I just don't think it happened. Yeah, the movie had far too many, like, anti... Uh, Middle Eastern, Islamophobic, like, undertones for a movie in 2020 for me to, like, possibly forgive them. I was like, this is really disappointing coming from Patty Jenkins after, like, the amazing first movie that she put together. I don't know. Oh so I have a hard time with it. <laughs> yeah, the the Middle Eastern scenes were very, very bad. Yeah. 
And I know there was um, some other commentary. Yeah, I'm slowly, slightly back. I'm hoping against everything. I know there were further com- um, criticisms over the fact that um, Gal Gadot herself is pro-Israel and anti-Palestine. Um, in comparison, this film is somehow more anti-feminist than any other uh, than the other film. Somehow, not only is Diana technically uh, committed a crime against a man who now embodies Steve, um, she feels no guilt about doing so, and. That alone makes me very, very uncomfortable because this is a woman who knows all in a sense that she's learned how how societies can be better from Themyscira and yet she perpetrates the same sort of tendencies as humans in this moment. She becomes just as flawed and just as messed up as humans when she's supposed to be kind of better in that way and doesn't end up even in any way seeing a problem with it until Steve is the one who tells her that she needs to let him go. She doesn't make that decision on her own. He makes that decision for her, basically. So she doesn't grow from it at all in comparison to the previous film where she grows a lot and learns more about herself doing so. Yes. No, I completely agree with all that. The whole Steve Trevor in a different body thing was so bad. Sounds so, weird. So bad. <laughs> Haven't seen it. Sounds weird. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we'll talk about it because there's a lot more to unpack about that movie. Um, but yeah. That, the And I'm not talking about Gal Gadot having an accent. I'm talking about the variety of accents that we are serving on Themyscira. Uh, I know that there's like, there's talk, I'm not sure if it was confirmed or not, but like uh, by the creative team, but I know that they made sure Gal Gadot had a like thicker accent in this movie than she did in Batman versus Superman, because it's supposed to be like her first time off of Themyscira. Um, and obviously Batman versus Superman takes place like almost a hundred years after or yeah, like basically a hundred years after. Um, so she's like grown and changed. But like everybody on this island is giving a different accent. Some of them are British. Some of them are gr- like bad Greek. Some of them are like sound like Scottish. Um, and it just really like if they wanted to commit to like everybody has a very different accent, I think that would have been interesting. But they're supposed to all speak like hundreds of languages Um I just don't, I just, it didn't, the world building of that for me, it was very upsetting. I was like, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, I very much agree. And then it bled into like the humans too were a little off. There were some scenes with the Germans that were questionable. Also, the, the, the sniper, was he French? Was he Scottish? Great question. So he's Scottish. He, he's 100% Scottish, so he's wearing the kilt as well, so that's got the Oh, Scottish. you're so right. Yeah. He doesn't um, sound Scottish throughout Americans. the entire thing. Uh, he has sort of like the mixture of it. So it seems like he's in Britain a lot and surrounded by the Americans in general. So it seems like his accent's kind of faded a little bit from mm. being exposed to us, particularly Americans, because the rest of the group are American, basically, that he's involved with. So I think it's more just the dampening of the accent. So the Scottish aspect is kind of fading from being around americans a lot okay go off (laughs) go off yes (laughs) all right our final question is do we think 
this is a Greek mythology movie? No. (laughs) It's hard because at the beginning I was like, yeah, because I saw Hippolyta and I was like, all right, Hippolyta. Like, you know, (laughs) we got her and like the echoes of Theseus, all that. Um, But then it just kept going. And like anyone named Steve in a supposed Greek mythology movie, it really gets me, you know, like, <laughs> like, I don't know how far I can take it. <laughs> so I'm going to say like, Percy 50%? Jackson, if Percy was named Steve would not be, a Greek would not be mythology. about Greek mythology. <laughs> no, I'm going to say like, Jackson. I hate Steve Jackson kind of and the Olympians. <laughs> I'm sorry to anyone named Steve. I'm not making fun of your name. I <laughs> I have a cousin named Steve, so, you know. (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) I'm not being prejudiced to Steve's, I swear. (laughs) I am going to say yes, because, I'm going to say yes, this is a Greek mythology movie, because the way that we understand Greek mythology in America is through superheroes. Superheroes are the natural evolution of the demigod. The demigods were the Greek superheroes. They represented the ideal man, a person who could conquer, who was, you know, going on quests, etc. They were pop culture icons. Um, And even though the adaptation of Greek mythology in this movie is like very much questionable um, to the source material, it's extremely important to understand Wonder Woman as a reversal of the Amazons, whereas the Amazon... Yes, welcome to... Brandon's nodding because he listened to my episode. <laughs> but if the Amazons were a re- representative of um, enemies of the Greek people, which they were in Greek myth, they were um, brutal, savage women to be murdered for fun um, and for prizes. Uh, having Wonder Woman uh, be a very specifically American figure as an immigrant woman who comes to America and becomes like a very important figure in American society. That's who, um, even though she's an Amazon, um, she reverses that like legacy of Amazons being foreigners who are worthy of murder simply because they are foreign and we don't understand them. So it's this very like, um, pro American migration, like multicultural, um, view, which I think would have been, a subconscious um, thing that the original creator of the comics uh, was thinking about as he was writing Wonder Woman at the time. So I I would call it a Greek mythology movie because the legacy of how it evolves from Greek mythology is very important for the character of Wonder Woman. I would definitely agree with you from a similar sense of, I think every superhero movie is a little bit of a Greek mythology movie because of a lot of things you were talking about. Superheroes are the modern Greek gods. DC particularly plays with this theme. Um, It's a huge theme in Zack Snyder's Justice League. The original one, I think, was meant to try to do it and didn't. That is the one thing I I did like about the the Snyder cut was I thought the way that he played them as modern Greek gods finally worked and what they've been talking about trying to do with the DC films forever and I think it works in Wonder Woman. And I think it kind of works in the Snyder Cut. I feel um, like I lost 10 nerd points for not watching the Zack Snyder Cut. But I also will take that loss. It's so say, long. It's really long. I, I watched it as well. Just kind of going off of what you both said. Like, 
I would say no to Greek mythology, but yes to mythology as a whole. Because like what you said, Braden, yeah. like DC characters in a sense are the embodiment of godly power. Like Wonder Woman is the child of a god. Superman is basically a literal god. Like he's seen as a god and he's held up as a godly figure by humanity because he's coming from another world. Um, Aquaman has that same... I said Aquaman in a really weird day. Oh, oh, I thought it was a British thing. Like a Pokemon? Yeah. Aquaman. But he has this sort of like, the, I guess Poseidon-esque, but not as much of an asshole as Poseidon. But like there is, so there's Greek mythology aspect, but I think all kinds of mythology kind of comes. You get some of the Roman aspect with, Batman in particular, I feel like he connects more to what would be the Roman side of mythology with his attitudes to to people, although not as much as the brutality side, although I guess he is pretty brutal, but in the non-killing sense. But all of the DC figures do have this mythological god-like complex, which we do see a lot in the Snyder Cut, which again, as Brady said, too long not worth the effort just watch one of the 10 minute videos summarizing the entire thing on youtube so much less of a waste of time um and if you are going to watch it watch it in small intervals just watch like one part take a break for about an hour and they keep doing it that way um but yeah so not greek but all mythology <laughs> is my summary i'm so glad my internet is working now because i i've been able to say so many sentences without being cut off <laughs> We love it. <laughs> no, I, I think that is a great point. Because um, I think I think that's the clear difference between... I, th- I mean, uh, clearly Marvel heroes play with similar tropes, but Marvel versus DC, DC is gods being brought down to the humans and Marvel is humans being brought up to be gods. Oh, that's legit. Yeah, I really mm, see that. I agree that. I agree. And... And yeah, I would say that our like our like Marvel and DC and our other comics are our mythology as like Americans. That's true. No, you're so right. Yeah, very much like pop culture in general. Uh, but like very, it's very much at the time and place we are in society right now. The holds that superhero genres have on us is insane. But I'm not complaining. I love a Marvel movie. And sometimes I like a DC movie if it's done well. <laughs> sometimes. So basically only Wonder Woman, Shazam, and Butterfly, the only good DC films. And maybe uh, uh, Nolan's Batman. Oh, well, of course. But those are those are not part of the We're DC connoisseurs movie. of cinema. We like Christopher Nolan's Batman. It's like, of course, <laughs> I've seen The Dark Knight. I'm an acting major. <laughs> If it's Nolan, it's the Botman. It's <laughs> like, like we cannot say anything bad about the Dark Knight on this podcast. I don't except maybe the Dark Knight bad, Rises, except the Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins. But the Dark Knight was very good. I have nothing negative to say. I do have negative things to say about it, but I won't. Um, that's a different episode. <laughs> that's a different episode. But. I do think Christian's ba- Christian Bale's Batman would have paired way better with Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman than Ben Affleck. That's because Ben Affleck kind of sucks. It's because Ben Affleck is the worst Batman ever. I don't, Yeah, I haven't seen any of the Batman movies, but he does not seem like a Batman to me. Mm. 
He's no. not. I mean, he doesn't seem like an actor to me, but uh, you know, <laughs> I have a lot of shade for the Affleck. <laughs> well, for all of them, there are too many Afflecks, and they all kind of suck. Yeah, I think I only know. I one. do love the duck, though. I was gonna say, <laughs> I'm a big we, fan. I will say, Gone Girl. I kind of Gone Girl. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but that's because like. <laughs> he kind of sucks in it, so I'm just like I that. appreciate it. <laughs> oh, it's so good! You so many movies it. that I haven't seen. I'm so bad at watching movies. I love them, but I'm terrible at watching them. Can I ask a super a superhero coda question before we go? And you can yes. cut this brain in if you want. Can we, we also give watching? offerings? Sorry. Oh, oh yeah, we are going to give offerings. Okay, yes. I didn't know if we were. Sorry, just keep going. Who's watching Invincible? Anyone? I am watching no. Invincible. Did you watch I, this week's episode? I'm behind. I'm only okay. like two and a half, ep- two and a half, maybe three episodes in. I um, definitely started it thinking there were only like four hour long episodes and then realized it's um there's a new episode each week. <laughs> so that was a pleasant surprise. But I'm really, I, I did the thing Neve does where I got, I started watching it and I was like, well, I know the comics for this are done. So I'm just going to read the entire plot now. Um, <laughs> so I spoiled that for myself, but oh, I'm really no. enjoying it. I was told very explicitly not to read the comics, that it will be very tempting to read the comics, but don't because it will spoil a lot. So yeah. I didn't. I have not I heard of Invincible. What it's, on Am- it's, it's on Amazon Prime. It's good. What, but what's it about? Is it, I'm guessing so it's, it's a, it's a very, um, it's external from Marvel and DC, but it pulls on both. I read a review that was like it has you can cut this right in it has the godlike powers of dc with the like teen angst of like spider-man from Marvel. It very much does. Yes. so and the lead voice actor is steven yun and he plays a spider-man like kid who gets his powers um his dad is an alien who is a, oh. an extreme from an extremely powerful race of super beings and his mom is sandra oh and so he's <gasps> a young biracial south korean oh wait sandra O's in it Oh, yeah, no, you don't need to tell me anymore. Oh. Mate, you don't need to tell me anything Sinnott, else. And the mom is Sandra Oh. So, fire voice cast. Sick. Literally, everybody is wow. in this voice cast. Greg Griffin voices like multiple characters, iconic. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Groff is in the most recent episode. Oh, my God. Um, really? Andrew yeah. Rannells is also in it as his like gay best friend. Yeah. Oh. Great voice acting, tons of cameos. Um, That's cool. Amazing. And I. I believe if there's a lot of gore and blood, but I believe no. it's um, intentional to highlight like how ridiculously bloody and gory superhero stuff is. So is it like interesting boys level of gore? Yes. It's, boy, it's it's by the 100%. same people who made the boys. It's over at Amazon, but it's a cartoon. It's very comparable okay. if we've if you've watched um, Harley Quinn the animated series, which everyone okay, started that. Everyone started needs that. to thank God. <laughs> I, it's so good i love harley quinn the animated series so it's much. good i like it, it, it so far it's such bisexual vibes i love it it's, it's harley and ivy yeah it's, i just want to find a girl to commit crimes with i think that's just where i'm at now <laughs> girl me too <laughs> it's, so good. it's like a beautiful romance story that's like slow burn not to spoil it but like we all yeah know well no good. i knew that they you know I bought a comic specifically for their relationship. Like, that's how I was like, no, 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 I need this. (laughs) That's very fair. All right. Before we go this week, we will all take a turn to give our offerings and vote off the island for the movie Wonder Woman. So who are we giving offerings for? 
Well, I'm going to give my offering to Antiope um, because she, um, not to quote myself, but as she died last night, I said, don't die, you're a MILF. And I live by that. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was too hot to die. It made me very sad, even though mm-hmm. she was clearly faded too from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, love her, miss her. <laughs> That's it. Love her, miss her. Really wanted to kiss her. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. <laughs> this is why I'm a writer. I am a boss ass bitch with rhymes. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> I kind of want to do the same just because I would have really liked it to date her (laughs) that's kind of the only reason I love a MILF but I'm going to give my offering to Aunt Hilda from Sabrina for playing an excellent supporting character in this movie and also being empowered by Gal Gadot wait that was her? Yes. yes, I need to watch. She plays the secretary. Oh, shit. Yeah, she did. Oh, that's why I recognized her voice. Yes. I've only yeah. seen like a few episodes of Sabrina. So that's why I was completely just like, when you guys mentioned it, I was just like, is it just because she just has the same sort of hairstyle? Is that what they're calling very her? Very recognizable. <laughs> very recognizable. She has a very recognizable bit. face. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I was almost going to give the same offering, but because you did, I will. Give my offering to Chris Pine. I I knew that I was going to do that, but I didn't want to get called a simp. I didn't want to be that person. We're all simps here. I'm going to be. We are all simps. He's so hot. It's kind kind of for both of them. It's mm -hmm. it's honest. Chris Pine and Gal Gadot specifically is who's my offerings for. Not Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. Because I think they just their acting was very lovely. I, they had great chemistry on screen and it was just very fun to watch. Not that the movie isn't good otherwise, but it, it adds a lot to their the movie. And I just thought their acting was, was brilliant. And uh, Chris Pine it makes me cry every time I watch him die. That's, that final scene, the when he dies is sad, but then when she remembers what he... he, he he was saying to her but when she couldn't hear i hate it. it it's so it's so mean it's so provocative in a very mean way but yeah. it, it it works who are we voting off the island oh, i'm voting off steve so i can date diana <laughs> <laughs> that's Period. so fair man's is dead and you're still going to vote him off yeah <laughs> I want to make sure he's double dead. <laughs> well, technically, he is double dead. Yeah, he is double dead at the end of 1984. Okay, I'm making sure he's wow. triple dead. So in current days, I can date her. Fair. I respect it. <laughs> I have to vote off Dr. Poison for the, and it will be terrible line. <laughs> Excuse me, woman. What? Who are you? I just. Please get it together. You gave that man cocaine. That's irresponsible of you. Yeah. I have to vote off the producers who made Patty Jenkins keep in the big fight part of the third act. Because I like I like most of the third act besides the fight. And yeah, I think it would have been better if, if Aries and Diana didn't have their battle. Um, 
I understand why, but who is who? Who made that decision? Zack Snyder. Uh, what's uh Walter Hamada? One of them. Someone. Jeff Johns. Actually, probably Jeff Johns. I'm voting off Jeff Johns for being an awful human being and a racist fuck. Um, hmm. which none, none, he, is. he is one of the producers from uh, DC who caused a lot of the Ray Fisher issues. It's a whole big, it's a whole big thing, but like support Ray Fisher is the thesis of it. Um, uh, DC execs treated him horribly and treated a lot of people horribly. So fuck Jeff Johns, fuck Joss Whedon. They're all voted off the island, even though they are only tangentially related to this movie. Period. Right. I guess I have to vote off the idea of Remus Lupin's head uh, just <laughs> photoshopped onto something that is not right for him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Period. Didn't feel right. Mm-mm. Didn't sit right with me. <laughs> all right, folks. That is all for this week. Thank you so much for watching Wonder Woman with us. Uh, next week, we will be starting The Last Olympian. I can't believe we're almost there. That's very exciting. What are we talking about, Ava? We are reading chapters one and two. I go cruising with explosives and I meet some fishy relatives and we are exploring those chapters through the theme of belief. And I'm Neve today. So follow <laughs> us on social media at Return to Camp everywhere, returntocamp.com. We have a Patreon and a Redbubble store. The links are down below. And also, Erica, Fran, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you if they enjoyed you as much as we did? Please listen to my podcast. It's at Seaweed Brain Podcast on Instagram at Seaweed Brain Pod on Twitter. You can listen to us on all of the platforms. Subscribe. Give us a review, please. We are doing um, bi-weekly episodes, so every two weeks until Carter and I graduate college. Um, And we are currently on the Mark of Athena. We are going pretty slowly because there's a lot to talk about. So hop on, join us for that. We would love to have you. Cool. Um, So, (laughs) um, yeah, you can find my podcast, The Best Damn Camp, on all podcast platforms. Spotify is like the best way because then when you search me, I can come up in the top search for Percy Jackson because that's amazing and an accomplishment. And I'm trying to get above CB Brain just because I want to brag. (laughs) You guys pop up and I'm like, no, I was searching for myself. Why are you guys above me when I'm searching my own podcast name? Um, because <laughs> I'm spiteful because I'm British. Um, so, <laughs> but <laughs> if you want to follow us on, uh, follow us. Oh my god, it's just me, Fran. <laughs> <laughs> Use the royal it's just we. Me. We're also British. Use the royal we. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) all right i will do just that um so on social media it's best damn camp pod i think i'm on a hiatus at the moment so literally everything related to my podcast is literally just nowhere inside my brain so um you'll find it eventually hopefully i'll be back by the time you do um and i've got like 60 episodes to catch up on so there is no excuse to not catch up whilst I am away. Um, that was slightly threatening. Oh, Fran, you need to hydrate more. Clearly, you are delirious. Um, I'll stop now because I'm realizing I'm rumbling and I actually do need to hydrate because I've lost the ability to breathe. <laughs>
<laughs> it's hot in England. It's hot in the UK. Someone please send Fran some some ice. Um, I'm allergic to heat. It a nice even worse. <laughs> I'm coming out in hives. I'm literally, I'm literally oh, no. dying. Yeah, this is. I can't go out in the sun, so I have not been able to leave the house all day because it's been. What would it be in Fahrenheit? I think like 70, 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I am allergic to the cold, on the other hand. I cannot go outside if it's under 70 degrees. Oh, wait. What is what is 70 degrees? Wait, hold on. I feel like I need to Google this now, because maybe I don't know. Celsius and Fahrenheit is one of the worst things. 30 degrees C temperature. Oh, so it's 86 degrees Fahrenheit right now. Okay, that's hot. Yeah. So I've not been able to leave the house, and it's the worst thing. Um, the, oh, I can't even leave in the evening because it's hot at night. It's it'd be like eighty-two degrees right now, I think. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, stay cool. Hope you feel better. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>